Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mythos Manual, Chapter 6. I'm your host, Calder Kadavid, uh, the venerate and great GM. <laughs> sure, we'll give that to you. Yeah. Great is in, like, esteemed, not like I'm a great GM. That's, that, that, that's not humble, unlike <laughs> what I also am. Cal, if I don't laugh, will I get a free D20? You will not. Okay, I laughed at you. Okay. You can introduce yourself, too. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, Hi, uh, I'm Paul. I play Kafka the Crow Fighter, and uh, my mom crossed an ocean and gave up everything so I could be a diversity hire on a podcast. (laughs) Uh, I'm Christy, and I play Kata, the wear-touched shifter of snake variety. Uh, And I am Alan. I play Eulister Burnbook, a cult historian. Burnbook. Burnbook. You list a burn book. I get like every time. I think yeah, I every single it. time we always get bogged down in saying your your character's name is just so much fun. Can you a, what? No, I was like, could you imagine Tim Curry saying oh. your character's name in like his Nigel Thornberry Ooh, voice? Can you, do, you, you do a better uh, Tim Curry than I do. Uh, okay, it's not going to be a great Tim Curry, but just it's on the spot. You list a burn book. That's okay. That's, good. That's okay. I, it's, I, I know there's, you can workshop that for a minute. You got me on the spot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not really. You list a burn book. No. Smashing. Nah. I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get into Thoughts the. Book. We'll do it. We'll do it later. Yeah. We'll do it. You were doing Austin Powers. And we've spiraled. <laughs> Let's go. No, this is a great start. <laughs> so we're playing Pathfinder. Uh, you guys just basically completed the first kind of arc I had planned out. The uh, what I've called Duke Luca's scheme. That's a really good name. Yeah, I that. thought so. I wanted to call it Scooby Duke Luca. Scooby Duke Luca is also a good name for the previous chapter. Um, let's take a second because you guys, before we jump into the story, I want to talk a little bit about the adventure so far, and I, I think a little bit of what we're doing. We're doing a couple different things. We, we're we're trying a couple new mechanics out that we've never played with before, and not everything has come come into use yet. Like we haven't used a lot of these little homebrew rules, but a couple like the feats that you guys got for free were able to use, and we were able to use the three action economy in combat. And I want to get you guys' opinion on some of that. I mean, I had probably the most straightforward leveling experience because I'm a fighter, and it's really even when you have a fighter with bells and whistles. Like Kafka, who has a familiar in the form of Archibald. Um, I mean, really, for me, it was just about adding feats. And this is actually why I like you instituting that rule, because it gets rid of what you've called the feat tax, where fighters and other martial classes, to be effective before, needed to take all these prerequisite right. feats before they could get to any of the fun stuff. You gotta take power attack, and you gotta take precise shot, and you gotta take weapon finesse. You still have to take precise yeah, shot, but yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> what does mobility even do? Uh, it's Mobility's dope. <laughs> mobility gives you, uh, like I think it's a plus four AC bonus yeah. against attacks of opportunity. That is great. Uh, mobility's awesome. I think, that, but the but these rules roll the mobility and dodge into the same feed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I think that 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 whole rule really benefited me as a fighter. It certainly did. Yeah, and it allowed me to make more flavorful choices <clears throat> instead of just making choices that would open up tech trees further down the line. Like, yeah, because I, yeah, I picked shield shield focus um, because 
Uh, I think that it's fun to imagine Kafka with his little shield just bashing things in the head with them. And more functionally, it gives him a slightly better AC. I think it's kind of fun because it allows Kafka, especially martial characters, get really pigeonholed. Well, he's a crow. But right. I, 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 I would evaluate and decolonize your language in right. referring to the Tengu member of the party. They, you get put in a corner, like baby. And <laughs> the way you've been able to play Kafka, you're able to do a little bit of range damage. You're able to use your katana up close. If you wanted to, you could go dual wielding on a pinch. You could just... You could go both hands of power attack, crazy. It's kind of fun and versatile, which is different. We haven't seen that build before. Yeah, he's like a Swiss army bird. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts? We yeah. haven't done too, too much yet. But. Well, um, you know, playing an occultist, um, I mean, one of, the things, one of the things about the occultist that I found is that it's very feat intensive as far as your um, trading feats for powers. It's very intensive and very intense on occultist. So I pretty much don't have feats to spend on anything. And so at early on, I was kind of like, before you instituted the rule, um, I was thinking, do I take weapon finesse or do I, do I take extra mental focus? And I just, and then I didn't know about your weapon finesse feat rule yet. So it was kind of nice to have, suddenly I had weapon finesse for free, which was great. Right. Which um, is more fun. I think. Yeah, exactly. The real thing that's going to come into play for me um, is the, I don't know, the... Um, the automatic enhancement bonuses. Uh-huh. That's yeah. going to make me... This makes some of my powers very useful at fourth level. Um, so I'm looking forward to that moment when I can actually shine based on the homebrew rules. Okay, I'm curious to see how that looks. Chris, do you have any thoughts? I mean, it's pretty pretty similar in the feat sense because I am still technically a... Even though it's a shifter, it's still a fighter of variety. So the feat aspect of it has been great i also really like emeralds emeralds are cool oh my emerald system <laughs> i went to a craft store and they didn't have exactly what i wanted but these these work in, i think they're a those, cute those little, are pretty cool looking right? okay like emerald tokens. for those of you listening at home what cal has found are a bunch of these kind of gem like beads that are green they kind of look like cough drops but yeah, like gemstones like <laughs> i mean <laughs> it's cheap you know costume if, jewelry, if they but. wore emeralds they'd probably be pretty flawed emeralds but um, they're nice for what they they're are. They're good yeah. tokens. <laughs> I like it. Who's got one of these tokens? <laughs> Not me. me. Kafka does. Right. So keep with your dice. And you got it. How we'll kind of run that. I think it's kind of a better way to remember, like, oh, I have this thing I can spend. If you have a physical, like, token, you can actually give back to me. Yeah. I actually wanted to know before we head into it, we are doing a homebrew thing. I think it might be cool if we take a moment to talk about, like, how we are enjoying certain homebrewed aspects of the campaign so far and things that we are enjoying about what Cal has built. I thought that might be kind of interesting. If you guys have any thoughts on that area, I'm happy to listen to praise and I guess criticism. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think the, the first thing that comes to mind is that I'm really appreciating how you've taken all of our character choices into account with the challenges you presented us with. Um, instead of presenting us with something that's one size fits all. And I know I've played with you enough times to know that that's how you always roll with things. But like, I think this is a benefit to having uh, a very intentionally thought through homebrew as opposed to just running something straight out of a book. You get to personalize things more. And I imagine as we get further into the campaign, it's going to get even more tailored to Kafka, Eulister, and Kata's like specific character quirks and backstories. And you'll challenge us knowing that there are certain blind spots that our party makeup has. Um, and we'll have to think of clever ways around that. And I think that's really cool. One thing I'm appreciating uh, is the way that you've constructed this NPC party around us, that there is the party 
and then there's the NPC party that surrounds them. So normally, like I feel when you go through a campaign, you like you go and talk to an NPC, something happens, you get some information, then you leave and you go do something and you come back, maybe exchange information. Um, but in this in this moment, it kind of feels like there is this like there is this world that hovers around us and moves with us. And there's a familiarity with them and we got, we get to know them better. We get relationships that build over time. I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah, I would agree. I think I think for me, the, my favorite part so far is the NPCs in the sense that like because we're going to be on this journey, theoretically, I don't know, maybe into the jungle, uh, <laughs> you know, that's not in a town like we're used to being in. For this first part of the adventure you know you you do want to have other people to interact with and th- other catalysts for things to happen and so having this kind of group of established characters that we've already started to build relationships with and have kind of figured out their function to at least some extent we know their kind of basic functions in yeah. the group we don't really know their internal motivations i'm sure there are secrets down the line so many <laughs> so many secrets but to have the them around us on this journey through the jungle so we're not just alone in wilderness and we have other people or animal folk to interact with. It's cool. Yeah. And like, because we know this is a horror story, I also imagine you are developing a large supporting cast so that when we, when they, we start to lose them because this is a horror story, we're going to really feel that impact because we've developed these emotional bonds with these characters and they're not just, they're not just red shirts. I was going to say the exact same thing. Yeah. That is, yeah, you're absolutely right. There's a little bit of uh, intention there. You guys are on the money. Uh, And lastly, before we kind of jump into the narrative, I want to talk to you guys a little bit each. Y'all hit level two. So what's some fun things at level two? Who's got some interesting new abilities, interesting new feats, skills? Not skills. Don't tell me your skills. Don't tell me your (laughs) HP. I have so much new stuff. It's crazy. Do you have that much new stuff? Yeah. What do you have? Well, like, um, I gain a uh, a new implement which gives me access to um, to transmutation magic. Um, so I've gained uh, a few transmutation powers and some transmutation spells. So that's kind of neat. Um, I have uh, I have my my ability to use magic items that I don't have on my list has improved dramatically. So I'm pretty amazing with uh, my my use magic device skill. Um, and then also I get this new incredible ability. That lets me sort of like do object reading, but except except instead of objects, it's with locations. So I can touch the wall of a dungeon and get information about the dungeon. Oh that's man, sweet. That that's... is really cool. That's gonna be a really cool ability in this campaign. Yeah, I can't wait to make you go first in every dangerous room. <laughs> <laughs> touch the wall. No, it's gonna be me touching the wall and say, Kafka, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> You listen, lick the wall. A whole lot of people died in this room. You go. Go first. <laughs> you listen, <I'll, laughs> Kafka, I'll give you an A if you go first. So top that, Kafka. What do you got? I'm a fighter, so I got shield profit. No, uh, shield focus. And I have a single skill point, uh, which I put towards use magic device. I would actually argue the interesting thing that happens to you this level uh, on Kafka is the ability that Archibald got about your feats. That's what really you got this level. Oh, that's true. Okay, so this is a thing um, that uh, I get. To, I can't really use this one yet, but Archibald has gained the ability to use any combat feats that I have as long as he is within like my line of sight. Um, 
Now, of course, right now all my feats are pretty weapon specific, so Archibald with his little cloven hooves and his horrible goat eyes can't really do anything. <laughs> but, you know, if I were to start to take, say, like trip maneuver feats or or teamwork feats, um, like I could definitely do a thing where I shove a guy and Archibald's right there tabletopping him. Uh and yeah, that'd be pretty do. That'd be pretty cool. Cool. I'm also fairly uneventful on level two as far as shifter leveling up goes um i did ditch my armor though which was very exciting you're no longer wearing armor. no longer wearing armor i'm you're naked, naked. <laughs> <laughs> you're just, naked. I'm just like vaguely snake like um, snakes are naked usually you're yeah. snaked i'm snaked i like it uh with claws you know because why not a clawed naked snake i can't quite do my cool badass thing yet that We'll come at level four. Okay. Waiting, waiting, waiting to turn into a big snake. Uh, but I did ditch my armor because of the defensive instincts bonus. And then we also lucked into a wand of mage armor that it will benefit me to not be wearing the armor so that I can use my defensive instinct as well as a mage armor. Expo. Right on. Well, great. We're going to jump in right into the last moment. You guys had just taken down Duke Luca and his illegal shipping operation where he was smuggling stolen emeralds out of the warehouses and then using the legend of Tavok and his strange plant zombies to kind of fuel chaos and fear throughout Uvuba. So yeah, you have an old man. He's got slicked back oil hair, oiled hair. He is unconscious and at your feet on the dock. It is late at night. What are your characters doing in this moment? Well, one of the most important things we have to do is we have to secure the mask so we can take it back to the haunt. This is true. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he is definitely still wearing that boar mask. Yeah, so I should, have, I should have included that in your loot. Well, well, we take it. We take it. And you don't even need to tell us what cool things it does uh, because we're just going to give it back unless it does something incredibly cool for fighters. It does not, but it does do a thing. I throw it into the ocean. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, um... We'll we'll take the mask back. Yeah, definitely yeah. got to go back to that the ruined tower. Mm-hmm. That's true. And and uh, and now that we, you know, have the mask, and I have, and we have these emeralds, I'm gonna make a stop. I'm gonna purchase something that is gonna help us with this haunt. Okay. Yeah, I got plans for that. Okay, so you're grabbing. Something. I was, you're gonna go. It, it is midnight, so there's no. Oh no, no, do it in the morning. I'm not. Oh, okay. We're not gonna tell right now, right? No. Uh. Uh-uh. Yeah. So I was thinking that we, I would stop at that occult store in the morning and pick up some occult gear to deal with haunts. The owner of the occult store really seems to know your face at this point, I imagine. But I've only ever, I've only been in once. I was in once. I looked around. I bought one thing. Uh, You know, I bought a book while I was there. You know? I feel like you're pretty memorable. I feel like that's true. Well, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I, saw, I, saw, I, saw an over, I saw an overweight tiefling with poofy white hair. A short overweight tiefling. <laughs> I'm as tall as a dwarf. So good. I like it. So I, good and pure. I feel like step one is we should definitely put the mask on the mannequin head that we stole. Because in hindsight, we totally were probably not supposed to seal that mannequin head. We, I mean, we, I we, thought we, it was going to be helpful. Like, at, at no level did we properly understand the puzzle that was in front of us. Like, give me back <laughs> my face. We take the faceless mannequin. <laughs> we, we see D-L-E, and we have no idea. Even when Cal takes a moment to highlight... We see Duke Luca experience on the back of this cart. Like at no level did we understand this puzzle. Which I, yeah. I just wanted to carry around a head. No, don't get me wrong. It, it was an awesome role playing choice. But now I think Kafka is just 
just gingerly places the boar mask on the head. Does anything happen? Well, <laughs> nothing happens at all. Well, that could have saved us a walk. Right. Um, you do still have this unconscious old man. And I guess well, the, the rest of his crew who has surrendered. Okay, and a couple of them are dead, right? A couple of them are dead. Please tell me it was uh, Tambourine and Triangle. That it was bit the dust. It was Bassoonist and Tambourine. Okay. One on two ain't bad. You're welcome, by the way. Yeah. No, I'm I'm good as long as one of them was dead. By the way, I'm I'm kidding. It was it was Ka- it was Kata who did that. I did do that. You yeah. did. Yeah. yeah. What huh. would you like to do with the surrendered Duke Luca experience and Duke Luca? Oh uh, well, he passed out with his shoes on, so that means we can draw on his face, which I immediately <laughs> begin doing. Okay, that's fair. Wow. Uh, I think that we need to tie these guys up, right? Okay. And we need to call some authorities. Sure, yes. Okay. Right? You remember there was the uh, Acacia Club in town, which is essentially Uvuba's militia. Oh, and they're probably still up drinking, right? They're out probably out looking Kill for zombies. zombies. Oh, well, let's, let's grab these guys. And... I make that owl call and call back that small child that we were talking to. Oh, yeah, the small child. He was a teenager. Cole Sprouse. Yeah. Dude, I think he had another name. Cole Sprouse is cool. I'm glad that none of us can remember his actual name. I go, hoo-hoo. Well, hang on. No, we agreed it was not Cole Sprouse. We agreed it was Dylan Sprouse. Oh, that's right. It's Dylan Sprouse. <laughs> because well, Cole Sprouse is busy on Riverdale, but Dylan Sprouse, what's he doing? He's, I think I think he runs a meadery in upstate New York. All right. Well, hoo-hoo. <laughs> bring back Dylan Sprouse. Bring him back. Okay. Okay. Dylan Sprouse shows back up. Great. Hi. Hey. So, did you see... We killed all these people. Wow, I, I can't even believe it. What a, what a thing. These these goddamn adults. They think they can just push us around. <laughs> I mean, they didn't push me around. No, they didn't. You're strong. You've got what it takes. I make a cool claw gesture. That's he, vaguely flirtatious. Yeah, he like turns bright red. Even bright in the, red. Even in the dark, right. we can see it. How, how old is Kata? Like twenty six. Oh, okay. So she's more like a graduate student. He is definitely 16, but also like CW 16. <laughs> so he's 26. So it's still 26. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so uh, Dylan, uh, can you go find the Acacia Club for us? I could run and get the Acacia Club. He wipes his long black hair out of his eyes. He's like, you guys, we're going to be talking about this for a long time in this, in this godforsaken city. And he <laughs> runs off. <laughs> Is he going to go write his true crime book about it? (laughs) I think so. I can't believe he just called this pit a city. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... He comes back with the Keisha Club. Yeah, how long does it take him to come back? I don't know. It takes him 20 minutes, and he's back with a a handful of Acacia Club members. And they survey the scene. They see Duke Luca, and they see the, the Duke Luca experience all laid out. The cart... That is full of stolen emeralds. Wait, all of the emeralds are in the cart? Yeah. Uh, no, not all the emeralds. Uh, there is no count on the emeralds. There is... Wait, what's the... Are you just trying to steal a bunch of emeralds? Is that <laughs> I what mean, this is? I, well, that's a good question. Um, this is one of those moments when you look up your alignment. Yeah, this is one of these moments where you I look mean, up your sleight of hand check. I'm, I'm good, and I mean... And they're stolen property. And stolen property. I mean, I'm not lawful, but eh, it seems a little wrong. It's a little wrong. I can't take them either, really. Yeah. I mean, I'm chaotic neutral, and also I'm a bird, so I love shiny things. That's so very true. I kind of want to 
kind of want to go for it. Okay, if you wanted to go for it, it would have to be a sleight of hand check, probably versus your good aligned friends. Do you even have a sleight of hand? Uh, no, but I have a high dex. Well, I mean, you can go for it. You want to just maybe kind of make a reach for it? Like, there's a big pile of emeralds that are just kind of out. Yeah, like, it, it's 20 minutes till the cops show up. Yeah. They're not going to know how many emeralds were missing. I'll let you go for a little slight handshake. Why don't you just make that versus their two perceptions? All right, so yeah, y'all have to perceive against me. I seem to be looking the other way for a moment. I don't know, man. Kate, what'd you get? 22. Oof. Okay, so I roll a nine. <laughs> okay, so the professor. So, I, I have. This is, I want to do this. Okay. So I think what happens is like, I think Kafka. Like I'm imagining like there's this crate. The emeralds are piled high. It's this glittering green, uh, like, like almost a pyramid of emeralds. And I think Kafka, while you guys are sort of being the adults in the situation, he's like slowly reaches for an emerald and he pulls one away. And this, the whole thing of emerald just collapses and tumbles, and it is super loud on this empty, deserted dock. And there are emeralds just falling everywhere. And every time you feel like the emeralds are going to stop falling, more of them fall. <laughs> I am just surrounded by emeralds. Rattle down the dock, and some are on the water. Yeah, it's a mess. Yeah, and then I'm kind of left holding one. I think you guys turn to me. And like very quickly, I dropped the emerald that I was holding. I was like, it was like that when I got there. <laughs> I think even the smugglers kind of look at you and they're like, what the hell? Like, I don't, <laughs> what are you doing? You're bad at this. Yeah. The Acacia Club shows up, eyeing you suspiciously as, you surround, as you're in a, standing in a pool of emeralds. Officers, you're just in time. These smugglers are also emerald vandals. <laughs> The Acacia Club kind of gets everybody. All right, all right. What's the Duke Luca? We should have known. Yeah, you. so should we have known. Uh, yeah, the, not our brightest hour. Wake him up. He's gonna answer for his crimes. I poke him. Who, who's there? It's it's me, Kata. But hey, you're being arrested. So what? no. Don't arrest me. Let me go. Why would they do that? I'm. Very connected. I have lots of family in high places. Your privilege doesn't work in the jungle. We're not in the jungle. Look at the dock. Look at all these buildings. Yeah, the jungle's like right there. That's true. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. It's right there. But think of it this way. Maybe someday your old friend Duke Luca could help you get out of a scrape. Could get you out of a mess. I'm going to say no. Yeah, so tell the, the judge. It's time for Duke Luca to experience the judicial system. <laughs> hmm. He has a big frown on his face. Well, fine. I'll just... You'll see, though. No jail holds Duke Luca for long. Soon I'll be out. And I'll swear my revenge. My eternal revenge. He says as he's being hauled away by the Acacia Club. Who then, like, bonk him back on the head. Uh, and some of the other, his men are also taken away. Yeah, I'm a little, little worried about that. I think the last thing, the last thing I say, I'm going to, as they, as they get carted off, I'm going to say, don't any of you take up the tambourine. It's a horrid instrument. The worst, the worst instrument. Kafka smiles, but you can't tell because he's a bird and they don't have expressions. (laughs) That's true. I guess it's all in the eyes, huh? Yeah, but like, I love that Kafka and Archibald both just have like these horrible to look upon visages, like just an expressionless bird and just these 
horrible goat eyes. Ugh, goat see, eyes. I think that like a, I think that you think that Kafka is smiling, but he's really not. I think I mean, Kafka is not great at putting non-bird people at ease. Yeah, there's an anthropomorph- anthropomorphic sort of illusion of emotions, but they're not really there. Right, right. Or we don't see them on your face. Mm-hmm. We just believe them they'd be there. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So yeah. he's been arrested. Duke Luca's ha- Duke Luca and his surviving men are hauled off, and his uh, dead men are just thrown into the bank. Because no, they're not. You're right. That doesn't make any sense. They're taken somewhere to be thrown in a mass grave or something. Or, ever- no, what- jungles would have mass graves. How about we just light them on fire? What if we just fed them to the piranhas? There Wait, you go. is this a piranha jungle? Piranha. There are piranhas in the jungle. Yeah, but I mean, everybody respects the dead somewhat. I mean, yeah, you know. that's kind of my thought. They're yeah. interred somewhere. Someone yeah. takes. Point is, the body's taken care of. Great, not us. Um, yay. Okay, so I guess we go back to the club, have a nightcap. Yep, and then we should go to the tower in the morning. Okay, you guys make your way back to the Emerald Inn. It is very late at night. No one is up at this time. What? No one wanted to know how well we did? Mm, no. no oh. I, don't think, I think they were interested to an extent, but it's late and they're tired. Is the Is the bar open? The bar is open, but it's last call. I think, oh. Then I think what happens is like we walk in and I kind of turn away for a moment and I turn back and Archibald is just on the counter and I'm like Archibald no get down and, yeah. I, and I go for like my the spray bottle <laughs> <laughs> get off the counter Archibald the same bartender is there and he's like what did I tell you about this goat I am so sorry as I, I scoop up Archibald he is not happy about being scooped up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say we have a, a little drink before we go to bed I to agree. celebrate our victory. I okay. say yes. What do you guys want? And what are you guys celebrating? Oh, well, we have uh, discovered who the the, the the ghost haunting the docks. We oh sco- yeah, Tavik. You discovered Tavik. We discovered Tavik. We found Tavik and we defeated Tavik. And we discovered the truth behind, the true culprit behind the Tavik haunting. Wow, well, that seems like you guys had quite the evening. You know what? This round's on me, and your goat can stay, but only this time. If I see that goat again, I will kill it myself. And, and I think Archibald looks up, at the, looks up at the bartender and gives him just, like, the smallest nod. They have an <laughs> understanding, these two foes. <laughs> good, good. The okay. smallest, expressionless nod. Yeah. He pours you guys uh, a, a double shot each of a very strong Avubin rum. Nice. And uh, yeah, and, and, and he, he pours one for himself too. And he goes a good salute to oh. you guys and the destruction of Tavik. <clears throat> I, I make eye contact just a little too long as I do that toast. <laughs> I feed my shot glass to Archibald. Aww. Kato only toasts in, in Klingon. So, Kaplach. Klingon is a. Wait, ka, I'm sorry. Kaplach? <laughs> Kaplach. That sounds like orc, I think. Well, you know, Klingon. Orc. No, hang on. What, what is the literal <laughs> translation of Kaplach? Like, because I, I know with Klingon, the, everything translates all goofy. It's, like, it's loosely like. Is it like, you are my favorite enemy or something like that? It's like. It's like cheers. It's also like a good general greeting. It's a mix of all sorts of things. Is general greeting an officer in the Klingon army? Yes, sir. General gl- greeting. <laughs> That's a great name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
That's all, all going, isn't it? All right. So. <laughs> you guys had your fun. <laughs> now we go to bed. Now you go to bed. Archibald, you get your eight hours of sleep. Archibald right. is eating upholstery. God, this goat! You know what? This goat helps save Avuba. You get a drink, too. And he pours liquor down your goat's throat. Goat falls asleep. You know asleep. what? Archibald takes it. Because Archibald can party. Archibald's a little drunk and a little handsy. <laughs> <laughs> Hoovesy. These horrible cloven hooves. No. I feel like I describe everything about Archibald as horrible at, at one point or another. That's true. I'm picturing him taking you upstairs and headbutting you into a bedroom. <laughs> oh. We go to sleep. So, um... You yeah. wake up in the morning. You yeah. wake up in the morning. Uh, and the the Acacia Club is able to wipe out the remaining zombies that were at the warehouse, identifying several more yellow musk creepers that were in the area. And you guys never fought because you avoided that whole area. <laughs> it's not like I had a whole warehouse section written out. Ha-ha! Well done. Mm, yeah, we were not brew. going to the warehouse. <laughs> you defeated me in yeah. my ways. Anyway. See, this is what we get for being very clever and observing all the clues and putting together the mystery all on our own. That is what it is. Okay. You guys are able to get everything together in the morning and Malik has brought down a bunch of forms for you to sign. Why? Alright. Hey guys, I'm sorry. You guys just gotta sign a couple forms, a couple you know, safety issues that are going to be in the jungle. We just don't want any to involve any sort of lawyers. Just got to got to kind of wave a couple. What do these forms say, and what role do I make to understand them? Uh, to understand the knowledge nobility. I, I don't have it trained. At the, I don't have that trained. Oh, then. So, linguistics. Then. I'll oh, linguistics. linguistics. That's fantastic. Well, that makes more sense, actually, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it's seeing if you speak legalese. That is sixteen. Sixteen. There are forms that essentially are trying to say that the if you are to die or to incur harm in the Dragon's Jungle, the University of Chermov is not liable. Oh, that's pretty standard, don't you think? Yep, yeah. I scan through the pages and read only the boldface and then sign the last page. Okay. Yeah. Archibald, I'm mean, sorry, uh, Kafka just kind of signs every page, uh, regardless of whether there's a place for him to sign or not. He's just signing every page. And then Archibald puts a little hoof print on the last page. No, we aren't signing away any uh, any parts of our treasure or intellectual property. No. Okay. All right. Thank you guys so much. Uh, when do we uh, take off? We're oh. gonna get ready this morning. Every, everybody's kind of loading stuff up onto the boat. Okay. We, we did you, have. You gotta to wait. Do. Yeah. Well, a I have to run by a store. Okay. And then we have to go take this mask back to the tower. Yeah. See. Look. Damn, what the hell is that mask? It's a boar's mask. That is a creepy-ass mask. It's Tavik's. Well, gross. It looks disgusting. Tavik wants his his mask back. Who gives a shit? We do. Okay, well, fine. Go care about a dread necromancer's feelings, I guess. We're going to do that. Great. We'll be back. We're leaving soon, so hurry your asses up. Okay. We run-ish. It's it's a 20-minute walk outside of town, right? Yeah, it's not too far. Cool. Um, we go. So I, I go to the store, that store first. Yep. Okay. And I pull a couple things off the shelves that I've already been looking at. One of them is a talking board. And I put that under my arm and we bring it along. Okay. What so that it? would be a Ouija board? A talking board allows us to communicate with the, with the haunt. Ooh, ah. Gives us bonuses to understand it. Uh, because this haunt talks, but, you know. 
in the off chance that in the future there's one that doesn't talk. But this would talk. give us bonuses to understand what it wants. And I, I like that just as like a, an occultist choice. Yeah. This is like the kind of thing that you, like a spiritualist type, would be into. I like it. Do you have like talking board parties with like your the other adjuncts in your department? We will. <laughs> now that I have one. <laughs> Great. Like real talking boards are hard to get. Oh. I didn't yeah, know. this isn't some fake Hasbro one. This is a real one. Oh, got it. All right, so you get to, uh, you know what? You you now know the way to Tavik's Tower. I was going to say, no. we don't know twice. it by now. You get to Tavik's Tower. It's uh, gross. What would you do? What? I'm holding the mask out in front of me by about, you know, all the way out. There's some dead pigs inside the, the building still. <clears throat> Are there flies? There's flies everywhere. Don't let them land on your chest. None of the big bot flies, though. Just normal flies. Well, here's my first chance to do something. Um, I can touch the wall and learn more about this place. Oh, okay. Why don't you go for it? Sure. Okay, so um, the DC is 10 plus the CR, the most powerful creature in this ruin, which I guess is some ghost. I don't know. Um, And then I'm going to make a history check. Great. Make a, what's the DC? What are, what are you rolling? Your the CR. It's it's ten plus the CR of the high of the most powerful creature. Right. But what are you rolling? I'm rolling my history. Oh, just history. Okay. Yep. Go for it. Ooh, I have a twenty-four. Wow! Look at the big brain on Ulysses Burnbook. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so I can learn well the layout of the area within thirty feet of me. That's not really useful, as well as a piece of information about the structure's history. Well, okay, sure. So I can learn a piece about its history. You learn that you see kind of an image in front of you as uh, the dread necromancer Tavik in his days when he was alive, dread necromancer. He is raising armies of the undead and terrorizing the city, uh, the the large town of Avuba, (laughs) and raising, you know, just scouring the graveyards for more of his minions and you see his uh, brother climb the tower, or Tavik is standing at the top of it, casting sort of very dark ritual that seems to be sapping the whole area of energy. And you just see a battle between the two, and a huge amount of energy is released, and it blows the tower apart. Oh, wow. Hmm. saw the destruction of the tower. That's neat. Um, that is yeah. amazing. So, so here's a question, though. Now that we're bringing the mask back to this haunt... Do you think he's going to just like do it again? I don't know. Do we want to give it back? That's a question. I mean, what kind of knowledge check would it take, Cal, to know what that boar's mask could do? Uh, it's to identify a magical thing. I guess like you could just use uh, to identify magical items. What is that? I'm blanking out. Yeah, see, I mean? don't have any identify spells. I'm not doing. I'm not a divinationist. That's fine. I just think you could just like detect magic on it and then spellcraft it to figure out uh, what part of detect magic oh you I don't have, have magic at all no oh weird i just i assume everybody that's divination to... magic i don't i can't cast divination magic oh well then i don't know i don't tell you guys. so i mean i can do our, i can do knowledge or kind checks get basic ideas sure i'll, I'll just allow Maybe that. you can give me basics right basic idea oh, i got a, i got a 23 it might make you a better necromancer okay well i don't want oh i don't want to be a necromancer all right so i think that Let's go in and talk to Tavik. Okay. The spirit of Tavik, anyway. Yeah. You come back down into his lair. But this is my set the talking board. <laughs> you see these, these skulls are starting to rattle again as you guys get closer. And I 
I put the talking board out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get the center of it. And I go, okay. and I put my hand, I go, Tavik, Tavik, speak to us. Did you bring my face? We, we brought your face. Put it up. Wait. Is... <laughs> Good. <laughs> but we also brought the mannequin's head back. Great. Yeah. Why'd you take that? That was mine. That's my head. We have a question, though, for you. What? What do you intend to do when you get the mask back, your face back? I shall... I hadn't thought about very well. (laughs) I suppose I shall bring myself back to the mortal realm and enslave all of the living into the world of the dead. That sounds like a terrible thing. That sounds awful. Have you considered just passing on? But but then people will forget about me. I don't no. think they will. No one will ever forget about you, Tavik. Really? Truly no one will ever forget about you. Are you just saying that? No, no. I really mean it. You're very famous in this town. You were, you were, check. <laughs> this is great. You want to feel okay, I guess I was talking but uh yeah, I got a 10. A 10? Okay. I'll help. Go for it. I help for 21. What do you say to Tavik? I say, Tavik, you've wreaked so much havoc on this town that I think you will never be forgotten. That's really nice. I, You know, you try as a dread necromancer to spread fear. You, and, were, and, you were so and dreadful. Hatred. And so, but then you look back at your life's work and all you see is dust and bones. So, so Tavik, if you were to do something with this mask other than come back from the dead, what would you, what what use would you like this mask put to? I would like it. I don't know. I guess give it to the next dread necromancer. So, what if we would it make you feel better if we kept the mask and give it to the next necromancer we meet? Sure. I. You know what? Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pass into the next realm you know, become some sort of evil demon or something. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> I think you'd have a lot of fun. I think I'd make a great demon. <laughs> you, you'd you make a great demon, Tavik. A Tavic. fantastic demon. You think so? Yes. yes. I'm, I can be pretty scary. Lots of people were scared of me when I was They alive. were so very scared of oh, you. Oh, bro, they're still scared now. Thanks. Just some loser impersonating you scared the hell out of them. Wow. There was someone impersonating me. Yes. Yeah, did you miss this entire thing? I, I, I can't really leave the tower. My spirit Oh, that's unfortunate. It's been so terrible. Everyone's been horrified of you. You're so famous. You're now a costume. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, they it's, say it's imitation insane. is the sincerest way to flatten someone. Uh, so you should be, like, on the floor now. So flat. I'm going to pass into the next world now. Thank you. Nice to meet uh, you. Bye. Bye. And the room is very cold, and suddenly you feel the evil presence of Tavik's tower evaporate. Okay, well, what happens if we put the mask on the goat? The goat is not a necromancer. Okay, but I want to put it on the goat. Um, that makes me want to take up necromancy now. <laughs> I don't know. In a post-recession economy, there's not exactly any positions for dread necromancers anymore. That's more of kind of what happened with our parents' generation. Like... We're in a gig economy now. You have to be like in multiple schools of magic. This is what I was learning in wizard school. What I was actually thinking is that we will take this mask and return it to the university where there are people who study necromancy the right way. And perhaps one of them can use this. 
There are a lot of necromancers oh. that share my That is that is probably a better plan than putting it on the goat. That's I way better than my plan to throw it on the ground. I mean, that, yes. All right. All We're right. going to so do you that. Can take, uh, you can take Tavik's mask with you. Who wants to hold Tavik's mask? We're going to give it to Professor it Suresh. To university? Oh, okay. That's fine. Okay. But that's perfect. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. I'm worried he's not that a necromancer. He, I'm worried he's going to flip on us one day. But yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Let's do that. Okay. okay. We head back. All right, you guys head back to the expedition, mm-hmm. and you see you go back out to the bay, and they are loading up a big ship, and it's a big, long ship, and you see that there's a bunch of these strange kind of crevices, and it looks almost like folds in the ship. Do you want to make a spellcraft check, if anyone's got spellcraft? Um, yeah, and I'm feeling really low today. It's some sort of boat. It's a boat with things on it. <laughs> Some sort of crazy boat. I feel like it maybe expands and shrinks. Maybe. Who but knows? I have no idea because I don't have spellcraft. Maybe it walk. Maybe there's legs inside and it walks. I don't know. Ooh, I like it's a that. chicken it's like boat. A, it's a duck. Yeah. It's a duck. It is a yeah. It's a Wisconsin Dell duck. <laughs> <laughs> but like a magical version with webbed feet. It's great. There's a, a Midwestern reference for you listeners out there. <laughs> so you uh, you get to see everybody loading up. All the laborers are hard at work, kind of loading all of the gear and equipment, everyone's personal stuff is going onto the boat. Most of uh, the expedition staff are looking on maybe getting their own little cabin spaces ready, but it's not a super big boat. With folds in it. Yeah, if it's your, if it's your, if it's your like, you know, jungle cruise boat, it's probably 60 feet or 80 feet maybe. Well, no, the jungle cruise ride boats are like 15 feet long. Are Those there are cabins? Less. Well, yeah, but those are just, there's no cabins in those ones. They're just. No, it's true. It's just like a place where everybody sits and then one skipper makes all the animal puns. It's like my favorite thing in the world. I happen to love it too. Yeah. Have you, have you been on the jingle cruise? No, I've never done jingle cruise. Oh yeah. You gotta, you gotta get on that jingle cruise. It's a ship. Here we go. I found it out. It's not super big. You're going to be having to probably camp. Off the boat. Off the boat. Okay. Got it. Do you know where, you know where Kafka sets up? What does he set up? I bet you there isn't one. He sets up in the crow's nest. No, no there's definitely isn't. not a crow's oh, nest. Oh, come yeah. on! It's a 24-foot long boat. What yeah. is the point of having a crow person on a boat if you're not going to have a crow's nest? So then I will find a seat near the front. Okay. I put my hammock up somewhere. There's no place for hammock. I work it out. There. In the corner. <laughs> You work it out. I'm just kind of set up like you're building like a little piece of wood and just set yourself up. Yep, I'm gonna hammock off the back of the boat. Okay. I'm I trying to make more room. Also, be comfortable. I, I think Kafka takes some palm fronds or whatever and like leaves and just like makes a little nest at the at the aft of the boat and just sits in it. <laughs> nice. Suresh kind of looks over at you guys. Ah, you guys are back. I'm. We're almost ready to get going. Are you all? Are you ready to set sail? Yes, Professor Red, but we have something for you to keep safe. What? What is it? It's Tavik's boar's mask. Oh, what a remarkable find! This is incredible. Yes, we believe it should go to the university. Professor Burnbook, you are astute and a scholar, and I'm proud to call you my colleague. Oh, thank you. You're very welcome. He gives you a big, big old bear hug. Ooh, is Eulister mm-hmm. tenured? Uh, no, not yet. You I'm too young. Rack. I'm too young. Yeah. I'm tenured. They can't fire me for anything. I hope to be tenured someday. 
I'll put in a good word with the dean. Or whoever's in charge of those sorts of things. <laughs> I also don't know enough about like how colleges it, work. It would be a dean, yes. It yeah. would be a dean or maybe a provost, depending mm. on depending on the institution. Hi, I work in higher ed. <laughs> <laughs> this is really why you're around. You think it's you think it's for ethnicity purposes? I need someone to know something about college. Cal told me that we were going to be employees and tied to a university, and I realized there would never be any escape any, <laughs> anywhere in my life. Nope. All right, uh, so you kind of see everybody kind of milling around. No one's quite set sail yet. Anything you guys want to do before leaving, or are you guys ready to go? Ready to go, I mean. so ready. Well, hang on. Didn't we want to go shopping? I, I didn't do my shopping. Did yeah. you guys want to do your shopping? Well, that's the thing, but Kata and I have not yet gone shopping. Is there anything you want to get in town? I mean, the things that I bought off air, sure. I should probably, like, you know, in-game buy them, I suppose. Yeah, I feel like we should probably establish <laughs> canonically what things that we have acquired, right? You don't have to go through too much of that. I don't want to, like, bother you. Like, Great. You we swing by buying... a store and we buy the stuff. Right. Like Because you guys are just kind of buying, like, I know you bought a couple of cure potions. Yeah. I got sick yeah. of being hurt all the time. <laughs> and I want to buy the same. And I just want it to be on air that, like, so when, in a later fight, we're not saying, I pull out my cure potion and someone at home is like, when did they get a cure potion? Right now. The answer is right now. We yeah. got them right now. Because I'd be that guy. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'm going to buy two cure potions, too. Great. Right. Mm-hmm. I bought three cure lights and one cure moderate. Okay, cool. Two cure lights for me, please. Right on. You guys are able to buy all your things without any issue. Malik also informs you. He comes up. Hey, guys, just so you know, I've got a little bit of uh, extra equipment I'll be bringing with. Of course, nothing to part with for free, but I will be happy to sell it to you at a price, a very fair price, once we're at the campsite. Hey, okay. it's our in-game trader. I like it. Yeah, just a couple things here and there. I can't carry too much with me, but I got all the the essentials. Can you cast enchantments? Can I cast enchantments? On weapons. No, that's not something that I can really okay, do. Okay, just checking. But I can, you know, I got lots of rope. I got plenty of sleeping bags, some rations, a couple of potions that might heal wounds, things like that. It's just that Costco can cast enchantments <laughs> on things. So, like... How are, how are they not a better deal than you? They're not in the middle of the jungle, my man. Um, I can cast temporary enchantments on things. Ooh, ah. So. Well, great. I'm going to get back on the boat. i got to yell at these laborers. They're not working hard enough. All right. Hey, you guys, get your asses back to work. And you see the six human laborers have all stopped for a little while. They're all drinking espresso, kind of waiting around. I'm going to need elaborate backstories and names for all of those laborers. They all have names. And points of origin. I'll tell you that much. Cool. We'll have to talk to them later. So that way, when they inevitably get dragged into the shadows of the jungle, I'll really feel it. Yeah, I will definitely be talking to all of them later. <laughs> Are you going to give them private lessons? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see We'll see how it goes. Okay. I'm glad for you. Uh, before you guys also set sail, Ruth takes you aside. Suresh's wife. Um, hi, I, I'd heard what you had done for everyone, clearing out the zombies and defeating that horrible Duke Luca. I'm very impressed. I, I wasn't sure what to make of you when my husband acquired more help and more protection. I, I know we're going to need it after what happened to the colony. Who knows what the jungle has in store these days, but... I just want to say, if I seem standoffish earlier, I'm, I apologize. And I, I wanted to give you this. And she hands you guys 
uh, a couple, two, three jars, three jars of this strange looking bean curd paste. What? Thanks, Herbalist. Have we seen this bean curd paste before? You have not. Well, I doubt it. Okay. Got, I, say, you... I say, oh, I forgot her name for some reason. Ruth. Ruth. I say, oh, Ruth, what, what is this? This is something I've been whipping up since I was a girl. It's very commonly found in the jack- dragon's jungle. Uh, they're senbu beans. This is a senbu bean paste. <laughs> you can uh, you can consume senbu bean paste while if you're just kind of taking it easy for a little bit. It'll make you feel much much better. Okay. All right. Ooh ah, non right. non full rest healing. This is the weirdest tofu I have ever seen. It it is kind of a it's a bit of a acquired taste to really stomach senbu bean paste. But I hope it'll help. And for kind of metagaming purposes, Senbu Bean Paste is how we're going to address the Cure Light Wounds Wand problem in this game. Is that essentially you will have vials of Senbu Bean Paste, and you can consume it. If you consume a vial, if you consume Senbu Bean Paste, it'll restore half of your max HP. No, like of your total max HP will go back to your HP. And if you were resting for about 10 minutes. Okay. So it's out of combat healing for half of your HP. Exactly. Okay, you know, now, okay, so so is each jar a dose? Yes, each jar is a dose. So it's a vial, really? Yeah. What happens when you consume it in combat? Nothing. Okay, cool. And then, um, and then how do you spell Senbu? S-E-N-B-U. Oh, I did it right. Me too. Yeah. I never beans. spell things right. You can, and she tells you you can find senbu beans all over the jungle. They just take a little bit of work to find. So you make survival checks or uh, professional herbalism checks to find oh, them. That's interesting. Good well, to know. What's everybody's survival? I, don't ask me. Uh, I wasn't built for the jungle. Mine's pretty good. What's yours? Plus eight. Yeah, ah. mine's only plus three. So you're going to be our truffle sniffing. I will sniff. Uh, our snake. truffle sniffing snake. So keep an eye out for those senbu beans. <laughs> Is there? You know, can you tell us the recipe? It's really not too much. You have to f- just find a ripe bean, and once you can crush it into a paste, mix it with a little bit of oil, and that's oh. all it takes. Will I take away any of the magical properties if I add flavoring? I don't believe it would. Okay, great. I will look for unique flavors. Pumpkin spice and boo bean paste? Is that what we're doing here? It is I was about- going to go a little bit more like cinnamon or something, but you know. You need cinnamon for pumpkin spice. It's one of the ingredients. Less fall, a little more Christmas. Suresh takes you all aside. For protection on the boat, I think it would be best. I asked Dalton if he would arrange us all in a way that would provide the most protection, but he told me, that's not my job. I refuse to help you in this way. If you want me to help, pay me 500 gold more, you dithering old weirdo. <laughs> and I said, sir, I'm your, I'm the same age as you. And then he just kind of slumped down into his chair and put his hat over his eyes and didn't respond to me. <laughs> Sounds about right. So I need help us arranging everyone in a, in a way that will provide protection, especially to the most vulnerable of us, like me and my daughter and my wife. And maybe, you know, the others. They're also very important to the expedition. But my family... Uh, uh, okay. Well, might I suggest putting your family in the center of the boat? Uh, that's a great suggestion, Mr. Burnbook. And I, I, I believe that I, I wanted to be near the front of the boat only because I, I want to enjoy the view. Ah, uh, yes. 
I'm in the back of the boat. My hammock is like strung up in the back. Okay. I'm still perplexed that there is not a crow's nest. (laughs) (laughs) There are uh, several rows where you can sit down with an oar and help. You know. I don't. I don't row. Yeah, Yeah, I know. I'm I'm busy. All right then, that's fine. We're, that's what we hire so, these laborers for. So then, which of these, um, which of the, uh, which of the people look strong? Like who looks like the strongest person? Who looks like they're carrying weapons? I mean, I just look around. Like, which of the laborers look like they're carrying? Or weapons? which of the, or the expedition crew? Oh, okay. So you kind of get you look at the expedition crew, uh, not counting the laborers. The laborers okay. are each outfitted with a pickaxe and a sickle. Okay, but some of them might be pretty big and burly. I don't know. Yeah, there, there's a bit of a range there. The humans are all. You know, they, they, they're, you know, laborers for the most part. They do a lot of manual work, so they, their bodies are equipped well, for that sort of thing. I would, I would like to basically propose a seating arrangement uh-huh. for the boat. Yes. Based right. on based on who I perceive in an instant to be the most capable, most physically capable specimens. Okay, great. I'll, uh, well, I'll drop and I feel a... I feel uniquely qualified to do this. Nice. <laughs> we will draw up a... Uh, the boat in a moment, and you can kind of arrange everybody. All right. And Suresh kind of looks at him, he's like, that sounds great. Mr. Burnbrook, I think this is going to be a wonderful expedition, and I just thank you again and again for being part of it. Uh, Cal, is there a rope mooring the the boat to the dock? Yes. Archibald is eating it. Oh, good, good. All right, everyone, climb on. That goat, once, the, once he's chewed through this rope... We shall be free. <laughs> I, I love the idea that Professor Suresh's way of unmooring the boat is he factored in the school mascot chewing through it. So yeah, everyone kind of lo- like gets onto the onto the boat and they're all waiting. They're like, all right, we're ready to go. And everyone just kind of looking at Archibald as he kind of chews through this rope real slow-like. Archibald does not like to be rushed. Archibald takes his He's time. He's enjoying the rope. Okay, Mr. B- Mr. Goat... Let's, let's go. Let's go. Come on. And he gets through. Archibald bites through that rope, and the boat starts moving out of the harbor. Archibald's still on the pier. <laughs> no, I would think with that one final leap. Yeah, with one final leap, he, he jumps into Kafka's waiting arms. I, yes. Uh, all right, set sail for the Zinji River. And everyone bravely looks towards the mouth of the dark, foreboding river that stretches deep into the dragon's jungle. And that is chapter six of the Mythos Manual. tuning in for this week's chapter of the mythos manual please be sure to subscribe and leave a review and we'll be sure to send you good luck on all your future roles